Hi, everybody, and um, welcome to another episode of my podcast. I am Isaac Jamal, Certified Life Coach and Performance Coach, and today I am really excited about the subject we are going to discuss. Um, we posted that we are going to discuss how to make our marriages thrive, and I think that the conversation of relationships and modern-day relationships is just a vast, deep conversation, things that have happened over decades and how things have transformed in relationships. And today, a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people want to know how to better their relationship. How do we improve it? How do we build on it? How do we take a relationship that started out with such intensity creativity after a few years of marriage or longer a couple of kids responsibilities how people start to drift how do we hold on what's the glue that really holds us together but I think before we discuss how relationships can thrive we have to take a look a little bit of how relationships, relationships have really changed over, say, the last 50, 60, or 100 years. I mean, if you look back, it is such a difference in the world, in the culture, and what's expected of men and what is expected of women, and how we have completely changed from that in such a short amount of time. In the past, marriage meant commitment. Marriage meant until death do us part. And you were happy in the relationship. You understood your role. Everyone was comfortable with it. And you stayed in that relationship no matter what. I mean, basically, the only thing that really separated a person from a marriage was la lenu death. And if you were in a bad marriage, that was the, you know, that was the only thing that really separated you. How many stories have we heard of people who were in bad relationships and parents sent them back to the bad relationship because divorce was not an option. Breaking up a marriage or a family was not an option, right? So today, in our world today, it's not about whether or not you're going to stick it out or about the function of the family, but it's about whether or not the marriage has love. So we stay married today, and we see the divorce rates in even our circles, which are less than the world population, but even in our circles are rising. It's something that we hear about more and more every day. And I can tell you personally that in session and all the couples that I work with that I've been you know, just spending time with, so many of us have so many similar issues except we all feel that it's only going on in our home. So one of the things that I want to speak to you about tonight is that we need to start coming out in groups, opportunities like this one on a podcast or an event where people can come together and they can start talking about what's going on in the home. And I know it's a challenge for everybody. Everyone has a profile Everybody has a certain persona, and of course, in your home, it doesn't happen. But let me tell you that I've been in, uh, allowed in to some private information into many, many homes, and I can't tell you the similarities, that if people would get together and have these conversations, how much we can actually influence each other and help each other in these conversations, right? So today... In today's world, you're married until love dies, until there's no more love. And that's new. That's never existed in the past. Never before has a family depended on the happiness of the couple before. Never before in the history have you, have you wanted love more than you want now. We also divorce today in the name of lack of love. And these things are real. They're part of us. And these are things that we are starting to live with more and more, but don't talk about very freely. And relationships have taken a massive shift from the norm. 
It changes every day. It's changing as we speak. The rule book changes and we have to change it as we go. For a long time, relationships were dictated by rules. And thank God, Baruch Hashem, by our religion. It's given us structure. It gave us incentives. It also gave us specific roles for each one of us. Everybody's role was super clear. Everybody know what, knew what they were going to do, right? It taught us how to be parents and how to speak to our children. It taught our kids how to speak to us. The father was in the disciplinary role and the mother was in the nurturing role, right? How a husband was supposed to talk to his wife and how a wife should answer, or a lot of the times in the past, not answer her husband's. But roles were defined and everybody was expected to just fit in. Everything was clear. All decisions were made for us. Remember growing up, uh, I, I'm 47 years old, and I remember the world back in the 70s. The world was very different back then than it is now. Decisions were made. You knew where you were going to go. If your father was in a particular business, you were going into that. You knew who the breadwinner of the family was going to be. You knew who was going to wake up with the kids, change diapers, drive, you know, uh, take care of those kids whenever was needed. Those roles were defined, right? We had a clear roadmap to what our expectations were. And in the modern day, right, we have un unraveled the system and we live of a, in a world of options, a world of choices. There's so many liberties we've never had before. And now... We need to negotiate just about everything in our relationships. Think about it. Conversations your parents or at least your grandparents for sure never had, we're having in our homes, in our kitchens, in our bedrooms with our children. These are all new territories for all of us. These are all new conversations, and we need to negotiate every single one of them. It's all up for grabs. It's no longer clear who's going to be the breadwinner in the family. Sometimes both people work. Sometimes it's the woman that's bringing in the parnasa or the, or the sustenance into the house. Who's going to feed or change the baby now? Who's going to drive the kids? Who's going to plan the date? Who's going to plan the next vacation? And we start thinking to ourselves in relationships, thoughts that never would have entered our grandparents' minds. Are my needs being met in this relationship? Am I happy? Am I happy enough? We've entered a time where we need to talk about these things. We've never spoken about them before. We don't even have the vocabulary or the words that come out of our mouths to have these conversations. They're all new. They were all groundbreaking, and a lot of us are finding ourselves confused in the roles. What is a husband supposed to be? What is a wife supposed to be? What is a father's role? What is a mother's role? How do we discipline children in this technology tsunami where all of our kids are being brought up with all this information, where respect is a conversation that my wife and I have been having a lot where respect seems to be an antique. Now, I know how you feel when I say that. It hurts us to even ponder that that can be a true statement. But respect is being watered down on a day-to-day -day basis. Children don't understand it. Parents do. And if you're in a generation like mine or even a little bit younger, you might have seen this older generation. If you look to your grandparents or if you're young enough, your great-grandparents, and see how they lived their lives, it is very different than what we're dealing with today. So how did we get here? Let's take our own community, for example. 50 or 60 years ago, right? Small community, similar people, similar backgrounds, some people first coming in, people here for, you know, I understand the community's been here since the early 1900s. It was a small-knit community. Families knew families. Choices and options of who you're going to marry were limited. You knew who the father was, who the mother was, who the rabbi was. 
You knew who everybody was. We were intermingled. We were a tribe. We were a unit. And a lot of benefits came with that. We were taken care of. We had a sense of belonging. We had a sense of continuity, a sense of certainty, a sense of identity. Being part of that community meant something. But you did have to give up a little bit of yourself. There were a lot of freedoms that we weren't allowed growing up that today they have in abundance. So if we do fast forward to today, look at the world around us. We do have so many freedoms. We do have so many choices. But we've never felt so alone. And all these dynamics are coming into our relationships. And it's important for us to know that we're not dealing with the relationships of yesteryear. We're dealing with the relationships of 2019-2020. They're complex relationships. They're not as clear-cut as they used to be. We want so much out of a marriage today. We want the traditional things. We want security. We want economic security. We want to have a social uh, platform or status. We want these things. We marry into a certain family. This is something that comes along. But in today's society, in, in our world, not even society, in our community, in our homes, we are expecting a lot more. We're now expecting our partners to become our best friends. We want them to be our confidants. We want them to be our partner. And we want to have a passionate, emotional relationship to boot. And it's for the long haul. It's every day. And the long haul gets longer and longer. There's so many challenges that we deal with today. So many. They're so vast. And roles become intertwined. Men are confused. I can't tell you how many men come into my office and the first thing they'll say to me is, my wife doesn't understand me. And how many women come in and speak and say, my husband has no clue of what it is that I want. And this dynamic is happening because our roles are no longer clear cut, but they're intertwined. Men, especially that have been married for 20 plus years come from a generation that they saw their dads treated differently than they are being treated. Their mother's expectations and their mother's sacrifice in the family is very different than a woman's willingness today. And society around us has a very big role in that. Women have changed. They have advanced. Women are out in the workforce. Women can do just about anything a man can do and better. And there's been a lot of positive things to come out of the women's movement. It's a major thing. But at the same time, men are losing their footing in understanding what their role is now in the relationship. They feel disrespected. They feel insignificant. And they're getting this sense of confusion of what it is that I'm supposed to be. I have conversations or I make decisions, but they're being challenged. Yes, they are. It's a truism. And what do each one of us want? What is at the core of a man and what is at the core of a woman? And if we start discussing that in a group context, we can now start to understand that we're not alone in our struggle. Every home just about is dealing with this adversity. But it's something that we can overcome. It needs education. It needs patience. It needs understanding. And it needs a lot, a lot of talking. Excuse me. At this point, I want to give you the dial-in number. I honestly don't know how many people are talking. I could be talking to myself although I hear that a lot of people have been looking forward to this talk, so I'm hoping that people are tuning in because I think it is one of the most 
important conversations that we can have as a community, as a people, as a nation. The quality of your relationships are going to determine the quality of your lives. I'm going to say that again. The quality of your relationships is going to determine the quality of your life. Seldom do I have people coming in or calling that come in with a career issue, a health issue, or any type of spiritual issue that are completely satisfied and fulfilled in their intermost personal relationships. And this is a conversation I'd like people to call in. I know people are embarrassed to talk about their own personal relationships. They might recognize your voice. They might know who it is. But if we don't find the courage to start having these conversations, how are we going to get the opportunity to grow? How are we going to grow and understand what the needs of our families are? It is the root the foundation of everything we are as Jews. So I want to give you this number, and I hope people dial in. I want you to ask some questions. I want to talk about some of the challenges that you might be having in your own home. The number is 319-527-4160. Again, 319-527-4160. 4160. Okay. So, with that introduction, let's start talking about the basic needs of men and women. What is the need for a woman and what is the need for a man? Well, let's start with men. Women, a lot of the times, Communicating with a man is very, very difficult because men are very descriptive. They're very, I apologize, not descriptive, but definitive in their listening. And a lot of the times women will be speaking to their man feeling that they are specifically telling them what, he, what she wants because maybe her girlfriend would understand what she was saying. But I'm here to tell you, Men, a lot of the times, have no clue. And a lot of the basic needs of a man is for him to make his woman happy. Yes, on every man's mind, our failure and our success is based on your opinion of whether or not you're happy or not. So if a man walks into the house and he sees his wife smiling, He knows that he's done something good. And this is how we measure ourselves, believe it or not, women. This is how we do it. And if you're unhappy, and it could be about the kids, it could be about the Amazon package that didn't show up on time, or somewhere that you need to go, or something, whatever might have happened. You know, the chaotic times that a man might walk into a house while you're taking care of those kids. Those moments, we reflect on ourselves. And I'm not saying that you need to smile all the time. I'm just saying that You have to understand where he's coming from. At the core of a man, he wants to be recognized. We want to be your hero. We want to be everything for you. And in those moments that we fall short, we feel like failures. And failure for a man is not an option. It's just not. We're achievement-based. We want to know that we have some type of flow in productivity, a constant flow. So that communication with him, telling him that he's doing good along the way, is going to go a long way for you. A lot of the times I find that women, because they're so hard on themselves when it comes to their mothering, when it comes to their, you know, their health and their physique, whether it comes to anything they're doing, they're so passionate about it, they have such a high expectation. I find also a lot of times that women measure themselves in how their mom might, might have judged them. Am I being a good mom? Am I being a good wife in accordance to my mom? And that perfection, that level of expertise that you expect from yourself, you also expect from your man. And a lot of the times... 
you have to recognize mediocrity. Now, I don't mean to push down men when I say that. I'm trying to educate you women in if a man is trying to communicate with you in a way that you've expressed that he hasn't in the past, and he doesn't do it quite exactly the way you want, telling him that he's doing good along the way will give him the encouragement, the strength, the passion to do more. And this is just the way we are built. If we don't see any recognition of we're doing good along the way, we kind of just melt away and feel like failures, and we just kind of say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Which on the other end, gentlemen, if you're listening, and I hope you're listening well, women are emotionally based. They are relationship-based. To them, the relationship is everything. That's why women relate to just about everything. Ever hear a woman have a conversation about a party she went to or a family member or someone she ran into at Starbucks or someone she ran into, into uh, by a class? They're always relating and understanding that you who have committed your life to this woman is the woman that you are expected to be emotionally attached to. Yes, marriage is a lifetime commitment to emotional intimacy. Say that again. Marriage is a lifetime commitment to emotional intimacy. And understanding that the needs of a woman at her core to be understood, to be appreciated, to pay attention to her when you're speaking. Yes, look her in her eyes. Understand what she's feeling. Not every time does she elevate her voice is she angry. A lot of the time she's overwhelmed. Like we were saying before, this is a modern day society. Children are not as obedient as they used to be. It's not easy raising Baruch Hashem, a house full of children, whether they're three, four, five, six plus. It's not easy. And expectations from men to women. Men, if I can get something through your minds, stop expecting your women to handle the house on their own. I have a theory, and this is just my own belief. In the past, these past generations that we've been talking about, grandmothers, your, that would be your mother-in-laws, would a lot of the time help their daughters in raising the kids. Or a lot of the times when I was growing up, there were a lot of immigrants. Other friends were helping friends. They were having play dates, and they would get together during the day to start at supporting each other in raising the kids. That no longer exists. In the modern world, thank God, our mothers and grandmothers are growing themselves. They still have the vitality. They still have the strength to be able to go on with life, whether they're working, whether they're traveling, whether they're spending time with their husbands, right? That dynamic is no longer there. A woman doesn't have a break a lot of the time. And I know a lot of people listening, you're going to say, well, there's housekeepers, and that's what we pay them for, right, men? No. The responsibility is still hers. She can't handle all the burden all the time, and she becomes overwhelmed. So a lot of that spice that you see inside of her is coming from her sense of, I need help. She's not attacking you. It's a call for help. It's a plea to, I need you. And men get pushed back so quickly because, like we said, they're significant baits. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be recognized. So as soon as we get pushed back, men, we're out. We're on our computers. We're on our, on our phones, we're answering emails, we're doing very important things, it's all about the finances, and i got to get to my friend's house because we're doing that. And women a lot of times are left alone. 
Now, I, I have some people that tell me that I'm anti-man, and I'm not. I'm pro-woman, yes, but I'm also pro-man. So I want that balance to be clear. Roles are changing. They're no longer defined. A man's support economically is no longer enough in the modern-day relationship. And our energies, I talk about this so often. You know, there's, I, I, I can say uh, a nice Dvar Torah along this, on this podcast is that there's a Gemara and a Midrash that says that Adam Arishon was created with the front of his body as him male and the back of his body was Chava or Eve. And there God created the perfect balance of masculinity and femininity in one body. But then when Hashem separated them out, they both had a balance of masculine and feminine energy. Polarity. A sense of North and South Pole, or the best way I love to describe it is two magnets. When we bring two magnets together, there's this energy that really gets them to stick and just pull each other really close. But if we flip those magnets, all of a sudden we get a resistance of pushing back. And that's the role of masculine and feminine. Now, both men and women have this balance of masculine and femi- masculinity and femininity in them. Now, I'm going to describe masculine energy and feminine energy so that we can all understand it a little bit. Masculine energy is all about getting it done. The soldier. Whatever it takes, we're on a mission. It doesn't matter if I twist my ankle or I'm not feeling well. We're in the middle of war. I'm holding a gun, and i got to hold the line. And the rest of my platoon is counting on me. My sergeant is counting on me. The army is counting on me. And our state or country is counting on me. So I can't waver. And a masculine energy drives through every time, almost like a quarterback just going downfield. He doesn't see the defenders. He breaks the line, and then they get back up, and he breaks it again. And he's got a determination that no matter what, I am going to penetrate that line. The feminine energy is completely all over the place. It is connected and in tune to just about everything at the same exact time. So many thoughts, so many feelings just rushing through their entire body simultaneously that that insanity, that craziness that goes in through emotionally, through a woman, is that feminine energy. It's that craziness. It's expressionalism. It's just saying what you're feeling. It's needing sometimes something to lean on. The balance between those, both men and women have. Men should be in the masculine role, And women should be in the feminine role. Those were clear-cut roles 60 years ago. You know, my we've been uh, turned on to this show called uh, Miss the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it is. And we watched an episode of this, and and I, you know, you get pulled in or sucked in to this modern type woman who's living in 1957, I think it is, or 1958. And you can see how definitive roles are between men and women, masculine and feminine. Women are dressed all feminine. Men are supposedly in a masculine role. But if you really pay attention, the erraticism of men back then was really in a feminine role. I hope everyone's understanding what it is that I'm saying. I'm not calling men women or women men. I'm just saying that everybody has a, def- has a potential to have both. And in today's society, women in the secular culture 
are being pushed more and more and more to have that masculine energy. We see them in the workplace. We see them out in the army. We see them really charging women with this masculine role, which at their core, they might be really feminine and now not understand their masculinity. And men today are all confused. I don't mean in that way, but men today don't know. They have an emotional breakdown. They, in the past, had other men to rely on. The world was such that when you went to work in a group of men, you could rely on those men. You worked together, you drank together, you spoke together. Men were going through similar issues. Over the course of time, I believe less trust was built with men, and now relationships changed where men now are looking for their women to be their friends and confidants. Men no longer have other men to really befriend. So they're coming home with a lot of feminine energy because they're so unsure of themselves. And that's a lot of what's going on in our homes. Women, a lot of the time, your men are working round the clock. You've got to take care of the kids. Sometimes you've got to take them for stitches by yourself. Sometimes you're packing the food. You're putting them to bed. Dad might leave before they go to school and might come back after they're put to bed. And mom's in charge of everything. So she gets into that mother role, but also becomes that masculine disciplinary. And then dad comes along, and he now wants to spend time with the kids. Mom's got strict rules, and dad says, come on, why don't you let him? And she nearly charges him and says, why would you do something like that? So men have become the nurturing dad. Let me say that again. Moms have become the disciplinary mother, and men have become the nurturing dad. Now let's go back to our scenarios of 50 or 60 years ago. Men were clearly the disciplinary, and women were clearly the nurturer. They try to feed you something. They try to take care of you. After daddy yelled at you, they'd go into your room and they'd say to you, "Don't worry, it's not going to be for so long. You're going to be just fine." But today, the the roles are reversed, and that's just talking about the family dynamic. And that's why I say we need more than one conversation about this. This is such a deep and vast subject. There's no end to the discussion we can have here. I'm just going to give that number in one more time because I'd really like somebody to get on the phone and have the courage to have a conversation or even a question that you might have of a dynamic that either something I'm talking about that's unclear or something that might be happening in your home that might be similar that's throwing your relationship off balance. And we haven't even discussed the interpersonal relationship between the two men and women. We're really just touching on it. We're just describing what the roles might be. So that number is 319-527-4160. It's changed. It's all new in all the homes. There's this off-balance of men being unsure of themselves and women seemingly being more sure and more assertive. And it's affecting our personal relationships. It's understanding your role as, well, it's funny, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, I mentioned yesterday in my Instagram story, I posed a question. And I asked the women, do you find yourself being more, your primary thought, or what do you find yourself more? Would you put yourself first as a mother or as a wife? And then I asked the follow-up question. What would you like your husband's primary role to be, father or husband? And I find the results, small little group, but I find the results very interesting. 60% of women say they find themselves in a mother role first. 
That means six out of 10 women put themselves in a mother role first. And only four out of every 10 women put themselves as wife first. And then further, just about the same results. 60% of women said they would like their man to be a father first and a husband second. Just think about that for a minute. We've taken the relationship and now we're focused on parenting. The relationship automatically is going to turn into a business relationship. What needs to get paid? What's the issue with the child? What do we need to get done? What I need from you? What you need from me? My shirts need to be ironed. The clothes need to get washed. The dishes need to be taken care of. The kids need to be sent to school. Someone's got to be there for the bus, who fed them, who bathed them, who did homework with them. Business. Relationships have become businesses. What happens to the personal side of the man and the personal side of the woman? Who's taking care of that? When will there ever be time for us to ask, hey, honey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you doing okay? You've been working nonstop. You're so stressed. Do you need anything? I'm here for you. Or a woman saying to a man, you know, you've been so amazing. I know you work. I know you make sure that things are taken care of. I'm generalizing here because sometimes the woman could be taking care of the finances. I'm not, you know, pretty much partaking in either one of those. But just for the normalcy of what we're used to is, you know, honey, you, you know, you've always paid the rent. You've always paid the mortgage. The car always gets paid on time. The credit card is always available. You're so amazing. How do you do it? How do you focus on maybe you go to shul and maybe you learn and maybe you take care of the family and you still have time for me? Thank you so much. I couldn't do it without you. Where is the interpersonal relationship outside of the functionality of the family? And I put that question out there because I'm finding more and more and more that the dynamics of a man feeling frustrated in a relationship and a woman being frustrated in a relationship comes from not putting the relationship first. Say that again. Not putting the relationship first. There's a dynamic of not understanding what your role is. Men, we need to be the support for the woman emotionally and any other way possible. That means sometimes women have a tsunami of emotions going through them and the breadth of an emo uh, emotionally for a woman might be the size of a football field. Let's call it the whole 100 yards. And the emotional breadth of a man is probably from the 40 to the 40. And if men don't understand the emotional roller coaster women are going through, we try to constrict them into the masculine role, telling them that they're crazy sometimes. What are they talking about? That doesn't make sense just because we don't understand it. Allowing a woman to express herself and fully stretch out in her femininity needs a strong man. And I hear this all the time, men. I hear this all the time. The number one complaint I hear from women is I want my man to man up. Now, they're not talking about this machoism that maybe came from out of the 60s and 70s and 80s. That's not what they're talking about. They're not talking about presenting yourself like a man. They mean presenting yourself as a masculine energy, getting it done. When you're walking into the house, don't ask, do you need help with the kids? You see she needs help. Jump in and do it. If you're asking for it, most of the time you're looking to get out of it. And they know that. Jump in there. 
Like I said earlier, the modern day family is not what we grew up with. And we need to start putting, being conscious about it. We need to start really recognizing and, and, and letting reality sit that things have changed. They're no longer the status quo. And that we're going to have to adjust and we're going to have to hop from leg to leg. But the one thing we are committed to is we're going to do it together. No more expectations of roles. No more expectations. We support each other. And I can't tell you that once you start working on the balance in that relationship, how quickly, how quickly you go back, excuse me, you go back to being playful and being creative in your relationship. Now, I recently put out an article in Millennium Magazine, which I thank them very much for asking me to write an article. It's called How to Get What You Want. And if you want to read it, it's on page 50 of Millennium. And there I talk about many things that things are right in front of us. The one of the things I write there is if you want to have a passionate relationship, if you want to feel like you are overwhelmed with emotions for each other, love that everybody is looking for, recognition that everybody is looking for, significance, the certainty and the uncertainty, the adventure, the creativity of a relationship. It takes two pieces that you both had when you were dating. Playfulness and creativity. And of course a desire to want it. A lot of people are going through their relationships avoiding their relationship. Letting time pass. Well, we'll do it for the kids. Well, you know, he's never going to be the man that I want. She's never going to be the woman that I want. And the underlying question to all, I don't say all, most of our problems, most of our problems is we think we married the wrong person. There, I said it. We think we married the wrong person. If I would have dated this one, if I would have married that one, I would have went out with that one, my whole life would have been different. And we carry that around. And we build resentment for our significant other. We don't even realize it, but it's written all over our face. And I can't tell you how many sessions, dozens upon dozens of sessions, I've sat there and I've pointed it out. And I've told them, you believe you should have been married to someone else. And they'll tell me it's the absolute truth. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think this was the one that was meant for me. That thought is brewing inside of you. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Family members, community members, Jews, whoever you're listening to, we believe in Hashem. And if you're married to someone, there's a reason for it. I said it again. If you're married to someone, there's a reason for it. And the reason why it's not working is because you're not talking and communicating and being playful and creative in your relationships. You need to take time and spend with each other. You need to etch out time to spend with each other. Listen to one another. Recognize one another. Appreciate one another. Give the other one the attention and the respect they deserve. If you continuously think about the other, there's an amazing thing Rabbi Akiva Tatz once said, that the Torah never speaks in rights. We live in the United States. Everything's the, uh, about your rights. You get arrested, they read you your Miranda rights. You go into a hospital, they talk about your, 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 your patient rights. Everywhere you go, you're signing some type of documents saying that you acknowledge your rights. Do you know that the Torah never speaks about rights? The Torah only speaks about obligations. Why is that? Because if I'm covering my obligations, if I'm doing what I'm obligated to do, then your 
rights are automatically covered. Your rights are automatically covered. And our relationships, we keep on thinking about what about me? What about me? When do I get a break? You know, I work so hard, I just want to hang out with my friends. Yes, you can. After you're done filling up your woman, and ladies, after, you're, after you have recognized your man, you make him feel empowered, and you make him feel like he's the hero, yes, there's time for ourselves. And it's a strange contradiction how we want to be together, but we also want our own space. This sense of security, this sense of certainty, and this sense of uncertainty. And I know we're just touching on a couple of points. We're just touching on a couple of points here in the relationship. The, the conversation is so deep. And again, I want to invite people to have this conversation. Talk about it. How many women I've spoken to who are very controlling, perfectionists, and I have a conversation and I talk to them about they're in a masculine energy, and they agree. And then they would say, of course, that their man is in a feminine energy, and men, you have to recognize when you are, when you're erratic, emotional. She can't rely on you. You're supposed to be her emotional rock. She's supposed to be the support. You're an emotional rock. No matter what, you have to be there for her. No matter what. You don't get a break just because you pay the bills. You don't get to go out with your friends because you pay the bills. You don't get to just leave because it's not your role. Those days are over. And I'll be the first one to say, yeah, it might have been much easier back then when the roles were defined. And how many, you know, of our elders, our in-laws, our grandparents and great-grandparents looked down at this generation and they can't believe the divorce rate. They can't believe how everyone talks to each other, how a child will speak to a parent. It's beyond them. They can't believe how much we've changed what we have. And we have to grasp that reality. We have to embrace it. We have to know that the status quo is no longer. That is just a first step in healing our relationships, in healing this tragedy that's happening in everyone's home. Do you know that the number one uh, issue in the United States is not obesity anymore. It's relationships. First marriages, second marriages, third marriages. It's seeping into our walls and we have to adjust. We have to shift. We have to be educated. I believe that in our marital institutions, a lot of us, or most of us, get our marriage classes. We need to add to those marriage classes. We need an education on what a man's responsibility is to his woman outside of the financial burden. And we need to teach women what her responsibility is to support her man outside of just taking care of the home, making sure everything's clean and neat. And we need to start talking about this. We need to publicly speak about it because there are so many homes suffering from this. Now, the topic was how to get your relationship to thrive. And I think it's much, much deeper than what we've been talking about. But understanding that there are no more defined roles, understanding that we're dealing with a generation that almost has no respect, we're trying to hold on to it for dear life, but they need love and attention and they have to be taught and they actually have to feel that they're enough. And that needs strengthening. But most of all, most of all, 
our children need to see that mommy and daddy love each other no matter what. Whatever that takes, that commitment to each other, if you're married, you made a vow. You made a commitment. Work on it. Don't give up. It's worth it. We're talking about family units. You have to understand the balance in the modern day relationship. And I want to leave everything open for questions. Uh, I want to take a moment and I want to um, say thank you. Thank you for SYNY Radio for giving me an opportunity. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to speak. I want to thank everybody that's listening. Um, I want to thank my wonderful wife for supporting me all the time and my beautiful children that I love and, and, and they have my full support all the time. Um, I've been sending out flyers and social media on a program that I'm going to be launching in the fall called From Stuck to Unleashed in 12 Weeks. At week 12, there will be a three-day retreat in Florida. It's going to be a program that no one is going to want to miss. All you need to do is call or send an email. You can probably find it in social media. Uh, you could send emails to jumalcoaching at gmail.com. You can, inst you can uh, instant message us or direct message us on Instagram, jumalcoaching.com. You can reach me on Facebook or you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can call into the podcast, where, whatever, whichever avenue you decide, but call, find out the details. This is just the tip of the iceberg of this, of this conversation, and I look forward to hearing your questions. And like I said, I know people have a difficult time discussing this in public, but we have to start having some courage so that we can start helping each other. And Be'ezat Hashem, we can help the couples the children and the family unit in Amisael as a whole. Have a beautiful evening.